Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. In today's episode, burnout. Burnout. Man, this is a big topic these days and and really something that many people are experiencing. And this is the topic you brought to the table tonight. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a good one. So let's set the stage. Greg and I have been friends for a long time, and we've had a couple busy weeks in the studio here. I guess the last three, we've uh, we've knocked off quite a few episodes. Yeah, a couple double ups. Mm-hmm. It's been good. It's been good. We've had a lot of uh, interview type situations. Mm-hmm. Really good. Really great interviews too. Different, you know, a young guy who's starting out here. Jordan was fantastic. Then Steve, really interesting guy that, uh, an engineer that's now focusing all on gratitude. And uh, I just did, you remember the last time he talked about doing an exercise of, uh, of the daily gratitude. And I spent uh, a couple hours uh, on the weekend just capturing what my daily gratitudes were. And it was a great process even to sit down and reflect and to group and put some things together. It was a beautiful thing. So uh, I'm, I bet you're looking forward to getting the email. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got it already. Did you? Okay. Yeah, I got to look at it. Awesome. Okay. Uh, we both managed for a long time. We have both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. Normally in our episodes, we discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. But in today's episode, we're going to shift to a learning episode and we're going to spend an episode walking through some tips to manage a critical situation that is affecting all managers today. And our underlying theme is always to have a good discussion. I think this will be a good discussion as well. I think so too. So, burnout. The past few years have been particularly tough on managers. They find themselves increasingly supporting team members through mental health issues. Supply chain problems continue and now people are leaving and finding new folks is increasingly difficult. Many organizations have implemented broad wellness programs and policies to help employees. However, many have not invested in supporting the unique challenges that managers find themselves in. Many are experiencing burnout. So, your workday has expanded to 24-7. Being a cheerleader, a therapist, a referee, backfill for multiple roles while trying to maintain your core responsibilities. You're having trouble sleeping. You're grumpy with family and friends, and you've gained more than the COVID-15. Amen there, brother. (laughs) Things are slipping both at work and at home. The spin cycle has left you twisted and wet all over, and you don't see a clear path forward. So what's up with this, and what do we do? Wow, you know, this is... uh... So interesting. There's so many studies that are coming out right now because, you know, organizations have done a lot of work in this space. I mean, around mental health and supporting employees and adding flexibility and some doing some great things, definitely. But what the studies are showing is that there's this, the manager, the middle person um, is often left out doing some broad programs across the board. But what's happening is that actually helping to support, and I think the line in there that is really so impactful is 
managers are cheerleaders, therapists, referees, backups for roles. It's a multiple thing that you're playing. And many of these managers aren't even equipped to do it. So they're at the end of their um, rope. Uh, many of the tanks, energy tanks that they have that they're trying to fill them up to keep them going are gone. And so we are seeing massive numbers of uh, health costs in organizations. And when this middle group who is trying to hold it all together depends, starts to spin and fall out, it impacts everything and it ripples through the organization. And not, it's not just the middle managers, it's actually senior managers too and even some of the execs. What they're finding is the risk organizations is huge. And, uh, and that's not even including that the other comment in here about how is this impacting your family and friends? How is this impacting our world? I mean, why are we seeing increase of, you know, road rage and all these kinds of things? It all spirals. It's all a ripple effect of, of not actually helping folks figure out how to manage through this really extreme time, even though we're getting out of COVID. Uh, it's it's tough, man. Uh, and I, I, you're you're a manager. You are uh, probably a referee, a cheerleader, a coach, uh, filling multiple roles. You know, you're experiencing that even in your in your role that you're in. What I think uh, this brought to mind when you were talking there was, uh, you know, last three, four, maybe five years, people have been put into management roles, and then COVID hits and everything hits. I'm always amazed how little training you know, the front line, the front level of management or even above has ever received where you talk about, you know, looking after yourself and, you know, dealing with stress and, and just, you know, communication skills and all those things. Like I know when I was first uh, a manager years and years, years ago, uh, my group was promoted so quickly that it was almost uh, the end of the year, our first year before we ever went on a course. Yeah. And I just think, that, you know, it's too late when you get into a situation where you're burned out and you're dealing with all this COVID stuff and the struggles of coming back and people resigning and going to other places and things like that. It's almost too late. And I think, you know, as we move forward, a lot of thought should be given, you know, in the next couple of years as people are brought on as managers or whatever that, you know, they get sent on a course, not just a course, you know, to check off a box, but a really good course where you talk about talking, you talk about looking after things, uh, dealing with stress with you and uh, whoever you're working with. I just think there needs to be some forethought put into these things. And like, I'm one of these people, like it was a year before I went on a course. Yeah, It was yeah. almost too late. I agree. I agree. And then you add into the remote aspect. So I'm not even with people. So I'm not even, you know, in the next office or I don't even see, because physically we pick up on signals too and that type of thing. And there is, you know, I, I get there's lots of different opinions on coming together or working remote and all those type of things. But there is ton, there are tons of studies that talk about the physical connections. And we talk about ourselves in this podcast booth and how it deepens our connection. And, and I can sense when, you know, when I'm looking at you and we're talking through something, if there's a shift in the way you're sensing and feeling, I can pick up on that. But you can't do that as much on the on the Zoom length anymore. So that adds to it, I think. Yeah, like I'm a I'm a manager of a remote workforce, which I've never done before. Like I'm an in the office type of person, mm -hmm. right? That's where all my training and experience is. And I find uh, like I've made use of talking to you about stuff, you mm -hmm. know, just generally talking about things that get my you know getting your advice on how to approach these things. And I took a bunch of courses on managing the workforce, and we had Mike Gutman on. I don't know. 
last year sometime, yeah. who's kind of the guru about working. He's he's been working from home for years. Yeah, and you know he's a big advocate of it, and and he's got a bunch of courses on LinkedIn too. And we actually had him on the show there, and he was very helpful. But I think some thought has to be given to training and just not the traditional training, but also, you know, communications labs, looking after yourself, you know, like things that are particular to what we're dealing with now. Yeah, I agree hundred percent, hundred percent. So let's get down to some common sense. What are some pathways to get beyond burnout? So the first one, get to know your stressors and stress responses. Yeah, so you know what? This is one of the things that um, know yourself as a leader. And uh, like you said, there hasn't been a lot of work in this. There's not been a lot of training in this. You know, sometimes people will give people tools and that on how to deal with others. But if you don't start with understanding what's going on in myself, then you're then you're in big trouble because you're reacting and you don't know how you're showing up. And I'm a big believer of understanding not only the stressors, what are the things that are hitting me? What are the things that I need to be aware of? But also what, how does stress bubble up inside? Because we're all different on how we do. Some of us go back, you know, close up. You know, there's that whole uh, flight, f- fight or freeze response. Depending on who we are in the situation, we all do things differently in that area. But I always start, and I'm doing a ton of work in this area around helping people understand their energy and understand how stressors show up with you. And uh, I call it my, uh, the internal Doppler uh, system. And it's simply of tracking when your energy goes up or when your energy goes really down. Cause I don't know about you, but when I'm either really hyped up, either excited, hyped up or stressed, hyped up, or when I'm really down, like feeling low, tired, depressed, whatever that, those are the times when I show up at my worst. And those are the times that almost accelerate my lost energy and my negative impact on the people that I'm trying to support. So I always start with, how do you understand how it shows up? Because the more you catch it, your body is usually where that happens. And so I do a lot of work around just helping to people understand. And so I, I laugh because my hands, I know I'm getting high energy when I start rubbing my hands. And Josette, my wife, she laughs. She knows that it's building. And now, so you, you, we've broken you of that habit on the co- podcast. Right, 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 because it picks up. So, <laughs> so uh, my hands are taped. No, they're not. Uh, but but it, it shows up. The other thing is uh, my shoulders. When I'm super stressed, my shoulders get really tight. And so at least now, what I've recognized as a leader, when I feel that way, when I start to move in those directions, I now know that I need to pivot. I need to find different ways to take a break, to slow down, because I know I'm going to overreact that way. So part of burnout, the, the helping through burnout, is first understanding how its sh- stressors are showing up and how I'm reacting to those stressors. And it, for me, it's all about energy. It's all about understanding my reactions and then learning some really great things to how do I stop in the moment and pivot. How do I begin to refill my tank? These are all things that are helpful for leaders, and they're simple. And boy, boy, when I'm out there doing this with folks, uh, these are just things that I picked up from different people, and people are excited about ways in which they can renew themselves. You know, there's that whole analogy around uh, on the airplane. They start out by saying, you know what, in case of emergency, put the mask on yourself, and then you're going to be able to help others. But no one has taught leaders. No one has taught managers what putting the mask on themselves looks like. 
Um, and unfortunately, if you're trying to help somebody without oxygen, it's, you, you, it's not going to go well. I really like those points. Uh, I know my personality. You know, if I'm uh, stressed, burnt out, or just whatever it is, and something happens, I know my response is to fight. Mm. I, but I was fortunate. I learned that a long time ago. So now when I'm confronted with something, I'm calm. I know, okay, slow down, listen, and don't react, and it'll all be okay, and you'll have a chance when you have a chance. <laughs> so what do you, where does it show up for you? Does it show up anywhere? Do you sense it? Like you, how, how do you know you're like you, hypervigilant? Hypervigilant. Hypervigilant. And uh, I can be really sarcastic. Yeah. So I, I know, okay. I'm not happy right now. Maybe I'm tired. Maybe it's been a long day. Maybe it's been just a long couple of weeks. I know my first response is to fight. And I know that's not the appropriate response like 99.9% .9 of the time. So you can just feel it. You just feel it come up. You go, okay, calm down, back yeah. off. That's so important, you know, understanding. Some of us, some of us freeze. We get almost locked like a deer in the headlight. That's some of us do that. Some of us uh, run away. Um, and, and hide, but in both of the, none of those responses are good, yeah, but it's first of all, just recognizing and saying, okay, how do I show up differently in those moments? And so this is all just about awareness, kind of figuring out how it shows up in me and then what do I do? So when you, when that happens to you, what do you do to create a space? You know, there's that great quote by, I think it is, um, the guy who wrote, um, um, man's search for meaning. His, uh, Victor Frankl, it says between the, between uh, stimulus and response, there's this powerful place of freedom and growth. It's called the pause. Uh, and in that moment is so powerful, but often we miss it and we skip the pause and we go right to action. What do you do when you are like uh, the stresses are hitting and you feel the fight starting to rev up? What do you, what do, you do? I pause. Yeah. I know. Just pause. Any feelings I have? Uh, in terms of uh, not being happy about it. Uh, when you pause, the longer you can pause, those things filter away mm. and then you listen to what's being said or what you're reading or whatever it is and then you can think more clearly. It's mm. that pause that saves you from saying something or doing something that you really don't want to anyway. Like and, and we can be cutting, right? All of us can be really, really cutting. And for me, it's like, no, calm for a second, pause. Yeah, is there anything okay. you do to pause? Do you move? Do you breathe? Do I you... think about the other person. Mm. I think about the other person. Oh, this is a person, somebody I like, friend of mine, whatever the situation is, or this is a new person, which is almost as impactful, right? Oh, I don't even know this person. Mm. Hmm. I love that. So getting curious about the other person, um, it helps you slow down. Uh, you might still be annoyed. You might still be frustrated. But if you shift to curiosity and just say, hmm, who is this person? I always love uh, one of the things that I've taught in the past is, is how do you widen the lens a bit and remember who this person is? Because I had one situation where there's this guy and he was just, you know, I could feel my energy going up. I could feel my annoyance uh, moving forward. And I think I was moved to fight in that case. Uh, and then I breathed. Because I feel it. So a couple of breaths. And then it's almost like I mentally step back and I say, okay, who is this person? What's my broader relationship with this person? And normally it's like, oh yeah, there's been a lot of good things along with, a, well, along with this moment in itself, but it allows me just enough space 
to actually see the bigger picture. And that helps reduce um, the, the, the drain of energy, which normally results in burnout. Because the, the longer we allow our energy to drain through the stressors and to react, and the more it creates the mess in our workplaces, the more we lose energy and lose energy. And this is what this is all about. And it results in burnout after all. You know, when you're at that situation where you're at the fight or flight or whatever you're dealing with, what I find helpful is you look at the relationship. Well, after this is passed, there's still a relationship mm-hmm. and that relationship is important. Whether it's a brand new relationship or somebody you've known forever, to me, that's, that's you know, as you pause and, and you calm, you know, that calmness kind of returns. What I think about is the person. I say, well, I have a relationship with this person. I'm not very happy at the moment, but relationship will continue. So now I just have to pause and mm. calm down a little bit. And then if there needs to be a conversation or, or whatever, then that'll happen. But to me, it's always like, just pause. You know, you know, you're going to say something brilliant mm. and you're going to regret it. Yeah. You're going to regret it. The moment that you say, you go, yes. But it's like, no. Then right after you, you feel that regret. So it's like, pause, think about, okay, this is person is important. I have a relationship with them. After this moment, we're still going to have a relationship. And that's where I focus on. I like that. I really like that. And, you know, there's a lot of studies around being uh, that all idea around being purposeful on why I'm connecting, which is that to build relationship and then uh, and then thinking about the other person. But it's tough in the moment because you are just cranky. That's what you're paid for, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. I always find also that sometimes uh, people feel that they need to respond. And so some things that have been helpful for me is uh, taking a break. And saying, "Hey, Alster, you know what? I just need—I need five minutes. I'm just gonna—I uh, uh, hear what you're saying, and I understand that. But um, I'm gonna—I'm gonna need five minutes to think. Or, you know what? Can we kind of come back to this at the end of the end of the day? Sometimes we have this feeling that we're gonna respond, but one of the many of the studies say that physical activity or movement is a great." break to create a pause. So it's just an ability to do that. And there's a, there's a bunch of different ways, but that's one of the ways is, you know, you don't have to respond in the matter. Uh, take a break, pull back, move. And usually when you do that, you ha- you get that wider perspective. It's just hard in that moment, man. Well, one of the things over time, I realized that I want to respond. But then when, uh, as I've thought about it over the years, when I respond, am I even right? Yes. Am I? Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> well, you know what? I think we've done that. We've said this, uh, this, this, this great tool that I've, I've used. In, and I think we've said it on a couple of podcasts is Rumi's three gates. Yeah. And I've added a couple of questions, right? So the first one is when the heat hits and you're ready to respond, say, is it true? And, uh, and you might say, yeah, it's true. So I always ask, is it really true? Because that really true one, eh, maybe not so true. But even if it is true and it is an important fa- fact about going forward, the next thing is, is it necessary? So it might be true, but is it really necessary for me to say anything? And the second question is, is it necessary now? So it may be something to your point, go forward. And then the third one is, is it kind? Yeah. And if you go through those three steps, they're beautiful, very simple. And Rumi wrote these and I think, 1100s, you know, so this has been a problem for a long time. Uh, so how do we think through that stuff when we go through? So I love that finding ways to pause. Um, t- uh, t- two other things I'll just say that are really great for me in, in, in cause it, that the recognition of the energy is one thing, but then learning to pause. Well, these two are, are lovely. I love this. One is called thanks, not now, because you know, often what's 
pushing you to respond to a negative way in particular is your inner critic or your judgment or whatever it else. And it's pretty powerful, the thing will happen. So actually saying to yourself or to your inner critic or whatever it is, thanks, not now, is this weird, strange shift happens because you actually have control of the situation. So if you've said something and I'm going to say something to you because you're driving me nuts, um, saying to yourself, thanks, not now, is a, it, it slows the process for some reason. Um, the last one is five, four, three, two, one. I think we've said this in here, and this is a way in which you can slow it down, uh, when your energy is up and that is a five and, uh, it's, it's just grounding in your sentence senses. So five is, is, uh, look at five things and call them out, you know, desk, mic, uh, headset, uh, phone, computer, what I'm doing now. And that is, uh, the second one is touch four things. And do just touch four things that are around you. My shirt, my pen, what, whatever. Not when you're on a podcast. Not though. when you're on a podcast. Yeah, don't touch anything, Greg. Um, uh, listen for three things and then call out things you hear. Um, smell two things. Uh, call out, verbalize those two things and then um, taste one thing. And there's something weird about it's pulling stuff out of your head because most of our stress is really made up stuff. It's either things that are happening to us and our response to it, or it's things that are bubbling up inside of us. And so this pause aspect, first recognizing it's coming, then recognize how to slow it down is, is really, really key. At least I'm finding it helpful. It's not easy, it takes time to build these habits, but they're helpful. So when you're dealing with stress and you know trying to stave off burnout, uh, what are the six ways to, to complete the stress cycle? Well, this is actually from an amazing book I just read called Burnout by Emily and uh, uh, Emily and Amelia um, Nagoski. Uh, we'll, we'll put the name in the, in the thing. This is a fantastic book, and it's written especially for the women that are listening to it. It's really designed for women with regards to it. But their whole, um, their whole belief and their studies have said that stress within us Half the problem is that we hold on to stress. We, and when we don't allow stress to just kind of work through us and complete, it stays in us so it builds it up. So burnout happens when it's almost like an explosion, right? You got all the stress that's building up inside you and you hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, and then it explodes. And that's normally when burnout happens. So their idea is that there are six ways that you can complete the cycle, some of which we already talked about. So when stress hits you, call it out. Oh, I'm feeling stressed, you know, or and and the emotion that's associated that I'm feeling anger. Uh, and then these are the six things that they recommend. First is physical activity. And we talked about that movement um, and movement, if you can, in nature is even more powerful because it connects you to something bigger and it just helps pull you out of it. Second one is breathing. Breathing is the simplest thing you can do. But how many times have you caught yourself not breathing? You know, because you get so hyped up and breathing is our flow. So, you know, there's a number of different things. The most common is uh, four seconds breathing in, one, two, three, four, and eight seconds breathing out, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. And what eight seconds out does, it's really weird. It settles you into the ground. So if you want to slow down, if you want to get out of stress, breathe in to four seconds and breathe out to eight seconds. It almost settles you into the earth. Um, so that's a great way of, of completing it. The other thing that they say is social interaction and humor, connect with people, hold a door, 
Um, have those connections. You said it, when you get into stress, you look at the person and you want to connect that. That's the third thing. Laughter is, is, oh, we, we never laugh in here. We never laugh in here. But you know what? If you can remember something or have a shared joke, that allows that stress cycle to flow out of you with regards to it. <laughs> Last one, the, the fifth one is affection. And in their book, they said two things that were fascinating to me. They said, uh, and this is only if this is people that you have a good relationship with too, but um, kissing, um, six seconds you should kiss. Um, so your spouse or your partner or whatever it is, six seconds kiss just deepens the connection and releases the stress. Hugging 30 seconds, and I don't know if we've ever hugged for 30 seconds, <laughs> But something about over 30 seconds, there's a physical shift that happens that releases stress in your body. Those two were just so fascinating for me. I, I haven't, well, I've, I tested them with my wife, Josette, and it does work. It does, because you know what, yo, I love you, honey. Mwah, see you later. Five seconds, boy, it just has that, it's a, it's a, it's a really interesting thing. So uh, stress cycle, kiss your wife. Five, six this seconds. is a home thing, not a workplace thing. Is that correct? Right, right. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. a home thing, not a workplace thing. Okay. Next thing you know, you're going to be giving out uh, relationship advice, my friend. Y yes, that's right. And the last one is a creative expression. I love this one. I love this yeah, one. Like yeah. we're, we're, we've been doing all these podcasts and stuff for like two and a half years. And I have to say during COVID, when all this stuff and the tension and working from home or, you know, for me looking what's next and stuff, the creative expression, it's awesome, man. It is. It is. You know, finding whatever the way and it's some it, creative expression isn't necessarily, uh, you know, it might be playing a guitar. Um, I've started to paint um, and, you know, I'm not great at it. But you know what? When I start to get what? Yeah. I don't know what to say with yeah, that. Yeah. Like G Greg, for a while when we were on Zoom, all of a sudden I, one day I went, are you painting? Because he he's placed it so you can see it when you're on a Zoom call with him. And, and so then we had like a 20 minute talk about your painting. It's awesome. Well, and you know what? What I found was I started out by taking a course and, you know, learning the techniques. But over time, I started to get lost in the painting. And I just, I don't worry about mistakes. And I just create something. And it, something beautiful happened. You did it with a group as well, too, I though, right? I did it for the group as well. And it was so helpful. So Social interaction. So it's a combination of these things. So if you are currently experiencing some kind of overstress and which you feel is leading to burnout. These are things, get physical, figure out what that is. And you know, I, you, I love what you just said, combining things, um, physical interaction, laughter, walk with a good friend and tell some jokes, you know, like it's combination of those things and make this a priority because a finding space in your day to do that, it doesn't have to be a lot. Sometimes we think I can't add anything into my set schedule. That's going to add more burnout to me if I'm trying to figure out. But these are releasers. Um, so find these things out and find out whatever it is for you that works um, and just start, start doing one thing. Yeah, I agree with that, especially the creativity, the social interaction between me and you when we're in here. Uh, I, th I just think it's a good thing. Like, you know, there was times during COVID where it was crazy for us, right? So mm -hmm. it was just good hang out, create some stuff, even sitting there editing something. Like even then I'm, I'm texting you. Oh my goodness. You know, we're going back and forth and I'm actually doing something else. That's cool. I agree. And you know, what's really interesting is that the podcast is a great example of that for us. We were under a lot of stress. I mean, in my business, I lost half my business. 
uh, at the start of COVID, you were were struggling in a role and in transition and trying to figure all that out type of thing. And this podcast was a beautiful creative expression, I think, a beautiful expression of combining some of those things. You and I ended up being at Zoom as it got going, but we got a chance to connect every week. And we always had chats at the beginning, which kind of allowed that laughter and social interaction and that type of thing. And then we were purposeful in what we were creating and uh, making meaningful impact on something. That's a great example of how, um, if you're a manager, if you're trying to figure out a way, here are some things that you might be able to tap into. Uh, Three ways to manage stress. Yeah, they they uh, um, talk in the book again about these three ways, and and it's just building the skills. One is being more planful, and often when we're trying to deal with stress, it we're, it's always reactive. Um, so some of the things we talked about: build a plan, put a uh, as you recognize your energy and start to try these things and create pause. It's about pick one or two things, but build a plan as to trying the one or two things you're going to do to help reduce your your stress. Um, it also might be about uh, uh, giving stuff into you. So one of the things about stress is there's positive energy you can actually build. And part of that is through physical, mental, emotional, and call it spiritual. But what are you doing to feed yourself? It's again getting back to that mass thing. So part of stress and burnout prevention is feeding yourself and finding out things. And and again, some of those six things, combining them socially is about relationship. So uh, physically walking and we, you know, um, mentally is sometimes listening and growing. We listen to podcasts. Uh, we do a podcast, but we always love listen to podcasts. So what I often do is I try to combine things in, I'll do the elliptical. I've gotten back onto that because I know physical is such an important um stress preventer for me, as well as a releaser of stress. So I will often do the elliptical. I'll listen to a podcast at the same time. Some people might say, well, that may, you're not working hard enough. But you know what? It combines those uh, energy fillers. I get a, a mentally learn something new. Physically, I'm, I'm doing something. So find ways to combine those things, and they will help often feed into and support that energy aspect. So planning is the other thing. Positively pivot is really just about um, finding ways to uh, create joy. Um, you know, there's someone I was listening to just uh, talking the other day, and they were saying, you know, this random acts of kindness, they, they actually disagree with random acts of kindness. Um, they actually feel that we should join the pack, which is purposeful acts of kindness. It's so much more powerful to choose to do something versus just being random and to do. And that is a, a feeder of managing stress because the number one uh, releaser of stress is gratitude and gratitude comes through kindness. It, it's uh, it's uh, pretty positive. And the last one we talked about is purpose. And you said something earlier on when you were talking about how you get out of a stressful situation. Um, you almost tapped into a core purpose of relationship. You talked about it, whether it is your core purpose, but how do I build relationship? How do I ensure relationship continues? That sounds to me as being something that's important to you in the work, at home, and those type of things. And otherwise, why would you care? Uh, about uh, holding on to that relationship and doing that thing. So understand what your core purposes are, your core beliefs are, what what is important to you, um, and keep touchstone back to those.
Wrap up, Greg. Yeah. Well, you know what, uh, man, this has been a Greg talking one. This is probably uh, – you, you have talked a fair bit, but you also wrote this one. This is something that really interests you. You've done a bunch of reading on it. You've experienced it. You help other your clients deal with it. So I, I think this is a really good one, and I did get to contribute. And you know, I have had stress in my life and a little bit of burnout and stuff. So, no, it's cool. It's cool, man. Like, yeah, for sure. I, I just – you know, I so, so uh, top things would be – in order to help prevent burnout or recover from burnout is start with yourself. Understand what causes you stress and how stress shows up in you and find ways to release stress in certain ways. Secondly, build habits that protect you when stress hits and also allow you to release. And some of the things we talked about, the learning to pause, um, releasing the stress through physical, social, um, and, and the things that we talked about. And finally, uh, the healthier you are at first. So it's almost building those tanks, filling those energy and emotion tanks that we talked about, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual. In whatever ways you do, the more you're filling up, the more fluid and flexible and, and resilient you'll be in those stressful situations. So that's, uh, that's what I would say as a wrap up. To me, the two things are know who you are, what your reactions are and care about the people around you. Mm. And, and if you know those two things, uh, and it, you know, just accept them, then, uh, I think it, uh, deals with a lot of the situations. Yeah, I agree. So, um, shout out. Yes. Font Hill. It's in Canada somewhere. I don't know where. A local. Well, Font Hill, I think, is in the, um, I think it's in Niagara Peninsula, I think. It might be spelled a different way. There's a Font, F-O-N-T Hill. Right. Which, is that the same spelling? That's the one I was thinking. Okay, then you might be right. Yeah. Thank you. Well, there we go. There well, we go. welcome. You know what? We get excited about local folks as we do about uh, folks that are halfway across the world. It's just great that people are listening and we hope that... Some of the stuff is helpful and uh, insightful for folks. That's cool. So uh, we hope that some of what we have spoken about you find helpful. We hope uh, we didn't say anything that made you, uh, offended you or, or made you upset. But Greg, I think your uh, your philosophy for sure yeah. falls well on this. I always, I always share that my coach, early coach, said that, you know, in the best coaching sessions are ones in which I'm going to feel a little bit of joy and feel a little bit of crunchiness and churn. And both are good because joy is usually I'm, I'm tracking, I'm, some, I'm moving forward on something. And churn is usually something that reminds me of something that maybe I'm not uh, moving as far along as I'd like it to be. And both are good and uh, both uh, you can learn from. And so you may have felt some of that. You might have listened to some of the stuff and think, listen, Greg, uh, I don't have time to do any of this. And, uh, you know, we're not saying all these things. You should just go out and do all of them. Pick one and see how it impacts you. Uh, but if you're churning and you're sensing there's, 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 there's too much to do, that's a good thing. Uh, um, take one thing and just add into it and hopefully that will help. Remember people matter. Take the time with the people you work with. They are an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care.